Hello and welcome to Season 2, Episode 1 of FPL Goldfellas. This is the podcast where we discuss everything football and FPL related. How's it going, Alex? I'm well, Bess. Great to be back. And football is back for all FPL managers as well. And what mm-hmm. a great opening weekend it was. Exciting times, man. Like, I, I, I can't recall when um, a season ended and then it started a month later. Yeah, I mean, this is record speed, but it's uh, strange times that we are in. But just glad that, you know, sports is back, football is back, as we, we spoke about uh, at our at the end of uh, season one. And here we are, mm-hmm. season two already of the podcast. Yeah, exciting times, definitely, as well, with all the transfers going on and... Um, you know, everybody's first uh, FPL weekend is always the most jittery one, thinking like who's captain, who's going to come out of the gate with a hat-trick, you know, and things like that. <laughs> exactly. And uh, yeah, I mean, I have to say Mo Salah for managers who had them in their teams and they handed him the captain's armband. They were, you know, duly rewarded. But interestingly, Salah was only the second most captain uh, player this week. Um, Obama Yang. Oh. Yeah, Obama Yang actually pipped him. Um, with 1.5 million managers picking him, Salah bet on the wrong guy actually, yeah, because yeah, he got a yellow card as well. Yeah, and but he scored so lucky. If not, uh, if uh, Obama Young blanked, then I think a lot of managers would have been uh, kicking themselves. Even though they thought that Fulham, you know, the newly promoted teams, but you know, if you if we have played or if you played, uh, if managers have played FPL long enough, they always say don't captain the early kickoff, and mm. <laughs> moreover. This was the early kickoff plus the first match of the season. But anyway, that's all under the rug now. Congratulations to managers who who picked Salah as the captain, and even better for the bolder managers who trusted him with the triple captain chip. Twenty one thousand managers, can you believe it? They were wow. f- fully rewarded. Holy crap! You triple captain, how much we have got? What eighty points? Sixty points, man. Sixty. Wow. Yeah. And. Wow, so we, we got 40. We got 40, uh, yeah. Happy yeah. with that, and you know. Yeah, definitely. 60 would have been better, but yeah, you never know later in the season, right? Yeah, you never know, but you know, um, Triple Captain is all about getting getting the right fixture, the right player, but Game Week 1 is really a lot of uh, unknowns, but yeah, for managers who took... Actually, help, plans, uh, help, help, the guys who, help the guys who are listening uh, understand how many times can you triple captain in a season? You can only triple captain once and that's it. That's that one chip that you have. Yeah, so if you triple captain someone in a game week where a team plays twice mm. and they're on form, mm-hmm. yes. that might be the better bet, right? Yes, there's always, we call it the double game weeks and uh, I'm pretty sure it'll happen later on in the season because we know that in game week one, Manchester United... Manchester City, Burnley and Aston Villa receive a game week one bye so you know so Mm. at some point in time they will have a rescheduled fixture and you'll be thinking maybe a Manchester City or Manchester United player during that double game week yeah and that totally makes sense I would do that yep yep Alright, so cool that Omar Bayang, uh, Omar Bayang went well and I think he's renewed his contract for 350k Ooh, a week as well, nice, which nice. is a bumper bumper deal for him, but it's one that Arsenal really need. Yep. I don't think they can lose him, they can't afford to lose him. No, I think you've seen he's proven himself his, his worth, you know, five goals at Wembley, in, including two in the semi-final as well as... Uh, the final, if I'm not mistaken, mm-hmm. was it? Yeah, so that that yeah. won them silverware, and then I think he scored again in uh, the Community Shield against Liverpool. Yeah. So he's actually equaled Alexis Sanchez as uh, the most prolific Arsenal goal scorer at Wembley with five. So, 
at Wembley, but he's got a long way to go to compete with the likes of Henri and all that. Right? Oh yes, yep, yep. So, but you know, it's a good start. I mean, Arsenal definitely needed Aubameyang to 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 sign this new contract. It's, it's as good as a new signing. So there was no way Ateta would have let mm. him let him not sign. <laughs> but it's all good. Well, speaking speaking of signings, mm. uh, I, I believe there are two big signings that were confirmed this week that are massive, I would say, headliners. One is massive for the club itself, but the other one's massive for EPL as well. Absolutely. So we're talking about Thiago, Thiago Alcantara. Alcantara signing for Liverpool, which is a big one for Liverpool given they've not really opened the checkbook, right? They've been very, I would say... Very, very careful with yeah. transfer business this season. Very prudent. I think you look at the the transfers that have come in last season and this season, you know, each player that has come in is really to solidify an area which I think Klopp has identified as, you know, has potential to have a good cover as well as uh, making sure that the first team players, you know, are on top of their games. Mm. Yep. So, yeah, it's good. I think the signing is going to do as well. Uh, I think a lot of yep. the questions on our minds would be where would he play, right? So I think we'll get a we'll get a hint of that once he starts uh, yeah, getting get, start Yeah, getting I, I think he'll I think he'll probably take Vinaldium's uh Gini Vinaldium's spot mm. with Vinaldium heading off to Barcelona so that can offset the 20 million that they're going to pay for him. Mm-hmm. Um but I mean the biggest one actually is news headliner I would say in a way is the Galactico <laughs> returns and and actually I I'm not sure is this the first time a Galactico per se uh, don't count Michael Owen mm. uh, a Galactico again I'm a, a big fan of Michael Owen but not he, he was not the Galactico style of Gareth Bale where he did a lot of his Champions League final stuff and all that. So Gareth Bale is back at Tottenham. Is he the first Galactico to go and come back per se? It sounds like EPL? in recent history, I think from an EPL perspective, because I think it's always been outgoing rather than returnee. So... Mm. Yeah, but I think the the conditions around Bill's return is also unique because obviously he's on such a huge wage bill at Real Madrid and sitting on a bench and not playing. So him coming back is a uh, is a loan. I think if I'm not mistaken, for a year, and yeah. I think it's a co 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 fund of the uh, of his wage. So you know, yeah. Spurs are still going to fork out quite a bit, but um, I think it's the right move because uh, I think money well spent, right? I like, think yeah, absolutely. Yeah. He's he's someone well known to the club. You know, if if any one of our listeners or even yourself has watched the recent Prime video, all or nothing, Tottenham Hotspurs, you mm-hmm. have a you know deeper insight into exactly what's going on in the locker room. Um, they need they really need someone in there who 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 is able to galvanize them. And Maureen the question Ho- I have though yeah. is is he that guy? He mm. is a gifted footballer, definitely. He is a playmaker, a game changer whilst playing mm. on field, on the pitch. But I don't know if he's ever been a captain material kind of guy. I don't know. That's just yeah. me. Yeah, don't know. That's the thing. So I guess if uh, there was going to be a bonus episode. <laughs> Amazon could go mm. back in and do a little bit more. I mean, the players. Well, if you're Amazon, true. If you're Amazon, who would you go with this season? Last season, they went for Liverpool. Uh, Jurgen Klopp said he didn't see the value in it. Mm. Um, and then they went to to Spurs when the project went to uh, Tottenham. I uh, sorry to Mourinho, obviously, right when that whole thing started to fall apart for yep. his predecessor. Yep. But who would they go for this season to do something different? I wonder if you would go with a newly promoted team. I think it would be interesting, yeah. Um, I think 
Tottenham was was probably a good choice given that they had a new stadium and all. You know, a lot of people want to know Champions what, League final, Champions League final. Right. A lot of nice story, right, to talk about. Mm. Um, I I have a feeling maybe Wolves, Wolverhampton Wanderers could be a nice story to 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 share with the world. Yeah, yeah. I would I would, well, I won't be able to do this, but I I would put money on Leeds. Hmm. 30 years no championship the last Premier League champions 30 years wait as well and you know look at it Leeds were champions long time ago it's a big club you know a Yorkshire club like that's quite big Um, fallen from grace and this is their chance to come back Um, the first match of the season you know they really gave Liverpool a good run for their money and you know, you never know what the season will, how the season will pan out, and and you know they've yep. got a very irreverent manager as well, right? Very, very. So yeah. it would make for an interesting uh, well, documentary per se. I think just watching the first match of the season from Leeds, you know, they they just kept on pressing, they never gave up running, and mm. if they can continue doing that, I I'm going to be looking forward to watching a lot of the matches because it's an entertaining stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they stopped Liverpool from playing, and I think it, uh, if I'm not mistaken, they're probably one of the few teams uh, in recent years that have taken more possession at Anfield than Liverpool at 52. Oh, percent Wow. Okay. Yeah, it did. Yeah. It did look that way when you when you watched the whole match. Uh, they did have a lot of uh, possession. They had, they had mm. a lot of time on the ball, and not yeah, afraid yeah. to shoot as well. But uh, which made it a really open game. Yeah, definitely. I, I enjoyed it. It was a very, very good game. Very free-flowing game. Uh, you, you could tell everybody wanted to win, which was good. <laughs> yep, that's right. Well, couldn't say the same for Fulham when you know Arsenal just walked over them. Yeah, Fulham definitely looks uh, looks short on creativity from the middle into the final mm-hmm. third. Um, I think they're going to struggle this season. Um, them and uh, West Bromwich, I think both these teams show that the step up from championship into Premier League is uh, is is quite big. It's quite a big one. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, and not everybody is prepared for it, right? But you know, someone was saying since the rules changed, funding rules changed like a couple of years ago. Someone did the math and said, I think it was West Brom or or Wolves, one of them. They just said like, actually, I think it's West Brom. If you go up, you get X amount of dollars, right? you come down, you stay up one season, like you just play the whole season, then you drop down, and you come back up. Apparently, the payout is better. Oh, for, to, get pro- to get relegated and then promoted because there's a huge kind of a bonus for that? Yeah, for both. <laughs> like, if you drop, you get a bonus still. <laughs> and then when you come back up, you get a bonus, and then you play through the season, make all the money, mm. sell any good players, mm. go back down, come back up. And I think if you look in the last 10 years, uh, West Brom has done it like, uh, yeah, I don't know right. how many times. West Brom and Fulham now come to, comes to mind as the teams that have made it up and down kind of thing. Yeah, so apparently, <laughs> and then you sell the 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 key players, certain key players, mm. and then you end up cash positive, and then from there, you, you build. build a plan to get out of the bottom six, right? So you go in and you say, okay, this, this year... We're going to go in. We're not going to drop. We want to stay in, in the Premier League mid-table. Mm. But we need three, four years of this up and down, up and down. <laughs> I wonder, I wonder. Yeah. No, that's interesting thought that you that you mentioned, definitely. Because teams like, yeah, in recent memory that have gone up and down, I guess, yeah. Fulham, West Brom, Cardiff, no. Um, Norwich also has actually made it up and down. Yeah, that's right. 
Yeah, 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 that's true. So, so it's an interesting one, right? Like <laughs> something um, to look out for this. Season. Yeah, so I'm looking at yeah, it now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Premier League Fulham 2020, Championship, okay, 2019-2020. Before that, 2018-2019 Premier League. Before that, Championship. See. Yeah, so I know. So it's tier two, tier one, tier two, tier one. They, they, they've been really. I think they've only relegated two seasons ago, and they're back up by the rating. So. No, I think yeah, so they're alternating basically. Yeah, so it's interesting yeah. if you look at the finances <laughs> and stuff. Uh, anyway, that's just the money ball side of things. That is the money uh, ball side, and it's, it's a business football in, yep. in some ways, so in, in a lot of ways as well. And uh, I think this uh, not being able to have fans back in the stadium is definitely hurting teams quite a bit. But um, you know, hopefully things get better. And uh, I think fans, if I'm not wrong, some fans are going to start. Returning to stadiums from October, but I think oh, not. was that was that what they said? Yeah, I think I think it's was it two thousand fans or something like that. They were allowed to enter the stadium, so I wow, think it's good. Lucky slowly, budget. but you know it's yeah. I think it's the the players have missed the fans. Obviously, the fans have missed going to the stadiums and all. Uh, Even a viewer, right? As a viewer on TV, I I really miss that. I mean, the FIFA sound helps, but <laughs> it just really feels forced. Yeah, I mean, as a as a as a viewer from home or viewer on a screen, it's it's different. You don't have that that buzz that you know. You only watch the football, of course, which is which is all about it. But then also the fans make a lot of difference to to, yeah, the to atmosphere, the right? Yeah, the atmosphere and all the chanting and all the cheers and all mm-hmm. the buzz. But yeah, yeah. So I mean, back to that. Like mm. game week one, who were the key players that you know gave the best returns? We talked about Salah and Omar Bayang. Um Who else? Yeah, in game week one, I think just you know pulling out the team stats or as well as the uh, player stats that caught our eye. Um, we took the stats off Fantasy Football Hub. Um, let's do team first because I think this mm-hmm. season, although we always talk about individual players, but we should not also overlook that if the team is playing well overall, uh, meaning that attacking stats or the defensive stats are solid, means there are players in their team which may have been overlooked so I think what mm. what I've done just a quick scrub of the stats is just looking at attacking I just took out the f- top three teams this game week one um, mm-hmm. and sorted it by shots taken as well as in the box I think importantly is you know the quality of shots not just shots right so just top three teams we have Liverpool with um, 17 shots in the box so they took 22 shots and um, 17 in the box and they had 6 on target um, and then Leicester away at West uh, West Brom they had 13 shots 11 in the box and 7 on target mm. um, and Everton I think this one is actually no surprise Ooh, when you they, watched yeah. they, they when I saw that they played very like it was a different Everton it's a new it's, it's a new me. Everton a new midfield exactly yep. it, it reminded me of watching an you know 80s Everton almost like mm. an 80s style Everton which Very they, they well had a controlled. different style yep. a different way of play and confidence yeah absolutely I mean and the stats showed that way right and then outcome of course but they took 15 shots 10 in the box and 4 on target so if Richarlison wasn't so wasteful because he actually had 7 shots and uh, five in the box, only only one on target. So you you could see that they are creating chances. And James Rodriguez, on his debut, 
five key passes made. So, you know, he's definitely linking up very well. Did he well. score? I can't remember. No, James didn't score, but uh, Dominic Calvert-Lewin got the winner um, from a Lucas Digne uh, free kick uh, cross. Mm. He's yeah. uh, what's very interesting as well, right? This guy, like James, he, James uh, Rodriguez, he went for like crazy amounts to Real Madrid, like the last World Cup, right? Mm. And then from there, it kind of just like went weird and then now he's at of all places uh, Everton not to say that Everton is a bad team anymore given yeah I think uh, Carlo Carlo and Gelotti yeah. definitely has that, has that has that pool I mean if Carlo wasn't the head coach I don't think they would be signing players like correct Hames, you wouldn't get Hamez you know, and all that right no Dukure no no Alain from Napoli but and these three new signings I think have clearly made Everton look very different in game week one just looking at that yeah and I think we yeah. talked about it as well from the being an Italian manager he started from the back first he made sure they shot up the back you know make sure they're not that leaky and then he looked where they needed some creative flair and certain types of players as well yep so it's, and it's, it's uh, done well for them very encouraging yeah, so far it's only the first week but you know if, if anything you know they have a home game this weekend against uh, West Brom against a newly promoted side so we'll see how they how they go up against the, uh, the opponent so in mm-hmm. terms of other team stats that, uh, that I uh, pulled out I also looked at creativity this one's going to be interesting when I, when I share it with our, our listeners I actually posted it on our on our Twitter page but Crystal Palace actually had when they hosted Southampton they had five key passes made in the match with three big chances created so a big chance is basically um, a chance which a goal scorer has an opportunity to to basically score a goal. So that's how mm-hmm. they how they describe it. But but is that is that like I mean just to clarify, does that mean that the keeper already committed uh, or it was an open goal? Um, pretty much yes. So it includes that. So both both opportunities basically a really good opportunity to to score could could mm. have been saved or could have obviously found the back of the net. Mm, okay. So for for that Palace game, really, I think the three big chances that they they, they created, you know, one of them found a net, and then I think one was uh, was ruled offside. But I think I think they don't count those chances. So you know, chances that basically are taken. Um, Brighton. Yeah, so so yeah. that was actually both for Zaha, right? Yeah, both for Zaha. That's right. That's right. But Brighton surprisingly, uh, for this game week, they had ten key passes made, but only two big chances created. So they are creating. So that's good. I mean, the quality of the chances being created are, are not there yet. Mm. In the same match, Crystal Palace versus Southampton. So this time it's Southampton. They made six key passes, but two big chances created. And and for viewers who watched the match, you would see that Danny Ings and uh, Che Adams actually had two goal-bound efforts saved brilliantly by the uh, Palace keeper. So those were definitely big chances created. Mm, and they yeah. should have scored, if not for the saves. Um, surprisingly Tottenham actually had uh, nine key passes made didn't look that way um, and had two big chances created um, one big chance fell at uh, was created by Harry Kane who lobbed the ball over the defence into new signing Matt Doherty but um, his shot was equally well saved by uh, Jordan Pickford otherwise I think that would have been 1-0 and then Everton yeah but Pickford's yeah. Uh, Pickford's on form before as well right yeah, Pickford goes through patches. He can be brilliant, but then he he can have that occasional 
mistake that leads to goal. True. Um, you've seen some yeah, in some key matches. I think against Liverpool, he had a flumber. Uh, he pushed the ball up onto the mm, the goalpost yep. and that one. And then I think against I can't remember. I think Newcastle or something. He conceded two headed goals in like a space of. 60 seconds in the first half so that was well I mean we'll get to it later but Liverpool made I mean being champions but also at the back the people who made the mistakes (laughs) oh yes yes. uncharacteristic mistakes yeah Yeah, absolutely I mean when looking at kind of uh, the defensive stats as well this week Arsenal were very very solid they only conceded five shots uh, one in the box um, Mm. and then Leicester away they had seven shots conceded three in the box and uh, Liverpool, they had six shots conceded, four in the box, and uh, three on target. And this three on target essentially found the back of the net. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, we all know that um, there were some defensive lapses in game week one from Liverpool's defense. They don't usually uh, that uh, I guess switched off. I think Virgil Van Dijk had a had an off day, but he he redeemed himself with a with a headed goal. And I think he he should have scored the second one if not for. An infringement being called, I think. Um, but yeah. he looks good value. I don't know. I mean, when when we look at our game week one team, um, you'll be you'll be surprised to see that uh, we have only Virgil Van Dijk as our Liverpool defender. When I know a lot of uh, managers were talking about Trent, yeah. Trent is still good. You know, don't don't take it don't take it wrong. But you know, I think it just had um not a lot of match practice heading into game week one I suppose. I think he was out nursing an injury. So I think he'll come back, but give him some time. I think when the fixtures start to pick up again for Liverpool, he will definitely be on our radar as well. Yeah, you know, and also that result, right? Like Klopp said ahead of time really, it's gonna be a hard game because they make it very difficult for you to play. As in like they really frustrate you when they play. And I, I wonder if Bielsa has found something with the four one four one uh formation. Hmm. It's a feels like a it almost like a like a Jurgen Klopp high press style. Yeah, no, it is like the Jajazan pressing, is it is that how yeah. you pronounce it? <laughs> yeah. Uh it, it it does seem like it, but what he does do with the four one four one is that those are two strong walls, you know? Yeah. Uh very, very strong walls that he has there. With the back line being uh, um, covered with the normal four, and then Phillips sits there mm. nicely uh, covering and actually dictating. Where else you got the the two other midfielders and the other two wingers just going, and then Bamford basically just sitting pretty there. Yep. So it's a, it's a very interesting one that I would say is too much flair perhaps for the championship. But in the Premier League, might be interesting because in the Championship, you try and do that, they'll just tear you down, right? They'll it, you you get away with fouls more. Uh, uh, in the Championship versus Premier League, it's like mm. how the Italian players play in Italy, mm. and then they come and play in Premier League and they can't handle it because they get roughed up, <laughs> yeah. right? So it's something like that. Yeah, yeah. If no, it makes you, sense, uh, but yeah. yeah. But you know. I think Leeds, when as they as we watch them play more this season, I think uh, we'll we'll gradually find how how what their style is going to be and how they set up for home and and away matches. Mm-hmm. And I think the Liverpool example was great because it's an opening day fixture, it's an away fixture against the defending champions, and they took you know took it in the in the stride and just went for it. So if they continue in that style, meaning no fear, I call it, I think it could be. Could be interesting when when we see them line up against uh, Fulham uh, tomorrow over the yeah, weekend. Yeah, yeah. I mean, 
not that anybody in the top, I would say five or six would mess up, but I mean, imagine if you have another Leicester thing going on. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that's possible given the stability of the Premier League uh, year on year this this cycle. Mm. Uh, but it'll be interesting. I would love to see them get to the top six. Yeah, I think that would be a big ask, but uh, still early days. And uh, if they continue with that, I think it should be should be interesting. Yep, yep, cool. So what else do we have? Uh, maybe just some player stats that caught our eye as well from game week one since we're on the topic of uh, you know, teams that caught our eye so on the player side on the attacking Mo Salah actually had the most number of shots he took 9 shots 8 in the box so this is very 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 solid as an FPL manager because what you really want from your player is to be taking shots in the box as as, as, as often as possible mm-hmm. he found uh, he had 3 on target Harvey Barnes from Leicester had five shots, five in the box, but two on target. So a little bit wasteful because the quality of his uh, chances were actually pretty good. Uh, Timo Werner, the new Chelsea signing, also had a relatively good game, although he didn't get on the score sheet. He uh, had five shots, five in the box, uh, one on target. Um, We talked about Richarlison earlier, seven shots, five in the box, one target. I think uh, if he continues at this rate, um, getting quality service from uh, James, I think he could be actually a dark horse to to keep keep watch um, if you have extra funds um, because Dominic Calvert-Lewin at seven million will get the balls, but I think just that South American connection um, between James and Richarlison is is it was actually very pleasing to the eye on. Mm. Uh, over the last weekend and then Mr. Efficient is Obama Yang three shots three in the box and three on target <laughs> what more can we say yeah you know if he's within that area I yep. would say the likelihood of him missing is very very low it, it reminds me of uh, I mean different kind of player but reminds me of Anissa Roy mm. if, if Anissa Roy was in the around the box area forget about it it's going in yeah, that's right. So you know, he's 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 the kind of player where you know he he might be quiet, but then when you get him the ball, he will make something happen. Um, yep, that's that's Obama. Yeah. On on the creativity side, uh, there's a couple of players to 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 just you know mention. Andrews Townsend from Crystal Palace, two key passes made and two big chances. Um, Harry Kane interestingly this is not what you want from him he should be attacking (laughs) but he had two key passes made and one big chance created so it's interesting I think uh, I think Mourinho definitely wants him to be playing in a more advanced position leading the line which he should but I think when you look at the Spurs midfield since Christian Eriksen left I think they have been struggling to kind of get that creative spark or the or the ball out from the midfield. So kind of when you watch the match, right, the Spurs were actually overrun in midfield by Everton. Yeah. And it shows, right, when Kane has two key passes made. <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course. Um, William um, from Arsenal, three key passes made and uh, three assists. So what more can we say? Really, really creative player there. That's like a second win for him, right? Oh yes, I mean he's what thirty or thirty one, and still not that he's that old. Yeah, running, but he, yeah, he um, surplus at Chelsea and second win for him here. Yeah, no, it's good. I think Arsenal definitely picked him up well. Um, so a lot to a lot to to promise uh, to deliver from uh, from William this season at Arsenal. James, we spoke about earlier, five key passes made, one big chance. I expect him to continue to build on that in the coming weeks. Uh, Everton's fixtures are pretty good as well. 
And then to round off the top five creative players this week, uh, Salah and Mane, both of them, four key passes made, but none were big chances. But it goes to show they are creating, which is uh, which is good, encouraging, because that's what you want from uh, your premium assets. They want you want them to be involved in the action. So a lot to look uh, forward to uh, in game week two. Um, but before we do that, just do a quick round uh, recap for our game week uh, one score for our team. Mm-hmm. We came in on 76 points. Uh, fairly happy with that. Uh, good start to the season because of captain's haul from Mo Salah. As we, as we all know, this game is really all about captaincy. So to start off the season with a captain's haul is uh, encouraging, so to speak. And yep. then you know goals from uh, Virgil van Dijk and Aubameyang as well as nine points off the bench uh, for James Justin's uh, clean sheet and assist was a uh, was nice welcome return um, and I think Doherty Ings and Adams could have all returned but they were unfortunate so just pleased to get opening game week out of the way and uh, we can start you know moving forward yep yep definitely so moving forward, let's uh, have a quick look and preview of uh, Game Week 2's uh, fixtures as well as our usual Game Week uh, match uh, predictions and then we can uh, see how we fared uh, when we do our review uh, recording in the next episode. Yeah, yeah. So I think with, uh, with this re- project restart and uh, new season, I think what the broadcasters have done essentially is they've actually quite... No, made it good for FPL managers if you ask me because the schedule of fixtures are now kind of spread out so literally if if someone wants to watch all 10 matches in that weekend he can actually do that yeah you're right I was just looking <laughs> at it yeah that's true you could right. but you know that's and that's where it goes back to the whole pay-per-view thing right where if you're using Sky or whatever nowadays who holds the rights you can buy the base package, then there's the like premium package, right? And then they have an a la carte one for others as well. So you could go all the super package where you can watch everything if you're a massive football fan. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so I think cool. we'll just enjoy it while it lasts um, because I don't, I don't know if this will, will be the new format for viewing for, 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 for football broadcasts, but uh, we'll enjoy it while it lasts. I think just one match on each, at each well, time Well, the reason nice. why you do it also is to maximize viewership and ads. Yeah, which they need right. to do. They need to to maximize that. You know, the interval ads and the pre-game ads and the post one as well. Post obviously is a massive drop off, so it's always the pre and uh, the interval essentially. Yeah, yeah that's right. So, so Everton, uh, new look Everton face West Brom. Yes, I don't Everton's think West Brom's going to make a dent. No, not at all. On the uh, on the first round of matches, kind of just looking at the eye test and all. I think yeah, I don't I don't see how West Brom. Um, can take anything out from this game unless Everton don't show up but um, we're expecting it to be a relatively fo- you know straightforward mm. victory for, for Everton just going to call it 2-0 down here um, it could be more we don't know but I uh, kind of like them solid they're quite solid right now on on, on defensively so I think uh, just in terms of players to watch from this match, I think James definitely, you know, if managers are already thinking of bringing in Everton assets, I think a lot of them are, are asking the questions, do they go with James? Do they go with Dominic Calvert-Lewin? Or do they go, go with uh, Richarlison? Or do they go for Lucas Dean? Because these are all um, players which have delivered in the past for Everton. And now with the new look side, I think it's just encouraging to it's really either hop on the Everton assets early and mm-hmm. right right through the 
the good upcoming fixtures, um, which could really, I think, pay off for, for a lot of managers because Everton has um, West Brom coming up, Crystal Palace away, Brighton at home, and then the Merseyside Derby with Liverpool um, after the international break, and then they travel to uh, Southampton. So that's the next five, which is yeah, uh, it's pretty encouraging. Good. Yeah, yeah, pretty good. I mean, I don't, yeah, I don't see them dropping a lot there. So that's actually pretty good. And then Leeds go to, I mean, Fulham goes to Leeds. This is championship battle as well. Yes, this is the first championship match of the uh, in the Premier League. So it'll be good. I think definitely looking forward to this one. It will be a good time for us to watch it as well. Last um, season in, in, in the Championship, not Champions League, mm. <laughs> the Championship, uh, it was uh, one win each, actually. Uh, Leeds beat them 3-0 at home, mm. and then uh, Fulham beat them 2-1 last season. Okay, that's good. That's good to know. I think Leeds, as a, as a, as a team, defensively at home, they've been really, really tight as well. So that's good to, good mm. to hear. So I think just, just listed a few players to watch here. Jack Harrison definitely impressed for us uh, in uh, in Leeds, and then I think on the Leeds defenders, um, a four point five million defender. If you want to pick from that's good value. Yeah, good value as well. Um, I'll talk about our transfer later because uh, we actually made a transfer for mm, a Leeds okay. defender, <laughs> and uh, from Fulham, I think there's only one player. If you if you don't have him, I don't think you would bring him in. But if you had him since game week one, I think you'd probably stick with him. It's uh, Mitrovic, Alexander Mitrovic, 6.0 yep. million um, forward. Um, value, budget striker. Um, he came on as a substitute on in game week one. But um, hopefully he starts in uh, game week two. But he scored midweek in the Carabao Cup for Fulham. So that could be... Uh, Good start for him. To this oh season. wow, Carabao! I didn't even know the Carabao Cup was going on. Yeah, yeah. This is 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 yeah, it's a strange one, right? Because normally you don't have so so quick. But I think given where we are in the season, there's there is definitely a backlog of uh, fixtures which I think needs to be played. And I think some of the new rules um, is the cup matches. They they no longer will be um, extra time or something. There will yeah, be a winner, yeah, penalties, basically, right? right? Yeah, 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 go go yeah. go straight to penalties. No no replays, which is good, right? right? You want to yeah. outcome, cut down yeah. on the number of fixtures well, as well. No, the whole point with the replays as well was obviously TV, but yeah. more for uh, ticket sales for the other side. That's right. why a lot of the small teams, if they were playing at home, they basically parked the bus to yeah. hope to, to get yeah, a share of ticket match. sales yeah. with a with Play. a big... Stadium, you know, like if it's a forty, fifty thousand stadium and above, they make a whole bunch of money there. Yeah, um, sp- speaking of Mitrovic, like it's funny. I was like, this is the Newcastle guy, right? Yes, yes, he spent some time there. Yes, yeah, right. I remember this guy. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Good. Good. Yeah. And we're and we're looking that to be a one uh, 0 win at least uh, for Leeds, is what we're saying. Yeah, I think they're gonna clean hopefully, um, but yeah, let's try it out there. 1-0 leads who knows okay. cool. the big one well not the big one though. the big one for all Manchester United fans their first game of the season all eyes on them versus uh, Crystal Palace at Old Trafford um, I think this is going to be an interesting one given that Palace have had some injuries to their defence mm-hmm. and Manchester United look full strength so I think definitely the players to watch out are their well known assets uh, Bruno Fernandes Marcus Rashford Anthony Martial in attack, and then you have uh, Aaron Wan Bissaka in defense. If they can, uh, if they can keep out uh, Crystal Palace um, on Palace side, Wilfred Zaha is playing in an out of position OOP as a forward. This uh, for now, I think uh, I don't think it will be 
permanent is my guess but he's been basically taking his chances when he's playing in that position so uh, Zaha OOP is actually appealing we actually had him in our draft uh, before the final team locked in but you know we didn't have the confidence to stick with it <laughs> yeah I mean on, on that one as well uh, they are also a a bogey team for Man United right like last season they lost 2-1 Man United lost uh, one uh, sorry yep they lost at home yep, at right. home as well and Martial yes. scored was it uh, with um, I believe on the other side it was uh, Van Anholt Yep, and uh, are you right? Yeah, yeah, that's right. I think it was a late winner as well um, mm. from from Palace. So bogey team, you're right. Um, but we'll see the new look, Man United with uh, new signings coming in as well. So Donny Van der Beek or something. Interesting yep. to see how he plays. Um, and then because this is Man U's first uh, fixture of the season, their upcoming fixtures are actually pretty encouraging. After Crystal Palace, they have Brighton away, Spurs at home. Newcastle away followed by Chelsea at home at Old Trafford so that's a good run of fixtures for managers to get onto uh, United assets uh, early if they want to get them in um, if they have enough if they have not already yeah you know and it's a it's a looking I would say it's light at the end of the tunnel for Manchester United fans right like even it looks like if Pogba, Pogba doesn't play which he's in doubt uh, is what they're saying right now um, because of a virus and they said not COVID-19 and it's also fitness if you look at the sheet that they could run I mean like the lineup you know uh, Martial at the front mm. Rashford on the left Fernandez in the middle being the playmaker and going you know pushing forward uh, James on the right and then you've got uh, Van der Beek there as well mm-hmm. it's looking quite strong for them actually I, I don't know if uh, was there any news if Maguire would be playing I think he will. Um, the sh- I mean, he's not injured. I think other than that Greek incident, mm. he should have put that behind him already. So I think what I'll be actually interested to see is who is going to line up for them in, in, uh, in goal because uh, Dean Henderson now has returned from the sure. loan from Sheffield United. So I think it will be a big statement here if, uh, if we see him in goal, meaning that David De Gea could possibly be, be finding bench, his way yeah. out or bench yeah. yeah because you know there's always been rumors that he wants to go back to Spain right and um, it's now never cashing cash in on on him before yeah well, well especially because uh, what's his name when he forced his his transfer to Madrid was it was it Madrid which one the 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 keeper or yeah yeah was it he or did he go back to Atletico from yeah. Chelsea yeah uh, yeah um, what's his name I'm trying to recall right now you're right Philippe uh, no starts with P uh, what's his name really now oh shit no I know which one you're talking about the goalkeeper from uh, from Atletico Madrid yeah, yep. yeah. Then he was on loan right <laughs> and then yep. he came to Chelsea yep, uh, yep. Thibaut Courtois ah, Thibaut Courtois yes 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 yes. yeah 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 so Thibaut Courtois is like working out but not working out apparently <laughs> with his dramas following him right that's why your attitude determines your altitude is what my brother used to say mm-hmm. um but yeah, it looks like that's shaky and then you get the hair in and that would then force him as well because Courtois is still quite young so it would force him to get serious again as well and the hair just wants to go back to Spain so yeah, maybe. Yeah, so we're going to call a Man U 2-0 win against uh, Crystal Palace to open their season. Mm-hmm. And moving on to the uh, London Derby, we have uh, Arsenal versus West Ham. I think the place to watch in this one is pretty straightforward. Um, William, of course, and Obama Yang. I think if managers are keen to scout 
um, defensive assets from Arsenal because I think since Mikel Arteta has taken over, he's tightened up the the previous uh, leaky kind of a Gunners defense. Um, mm-hmm. They have signed quite a few defenders actually in a in the past six months. In fact, even in off season, so Kieran Tierney could be also an option. Um, West Ham looked really bad against Newcastle, but Suchek, the the Czech player, um, still got on to a good chance uh, at at the far post. So he he could pop up as a box to box kind of a as a midfielder mm. um, to you know to to be towering over the Arsenal defense who are not very tall anyway. So you know, um, but we're gonna call an Arsenal convincing three one win here. Yeah, I don't think West Ham have anything. I don't have any. I don't think they can pull it off. Yeah, <laughs> no confidence so. there. Definitely, yeah. I think West Ham. Interestingly, as we saw them, they they battled hard to to. You know, David Moyes managed to you know get the team um, to avoid relegation, play well. But then now opening opening the new season, suddenly like the team just didn't show up. <laughs> yeah, but also I mean Wilshire's in doubt and all that, right? So that's not going to help. Yeah. Um, and then moving on we have Southampton versus Tottenham interestingly for our own reasons as well we'll be watching this very closely um, because we have three Southampton players here uh, McCarthy mm. in goal as well as our double Southampton attack and then we also have Doherty in defence so I think the players to watch here is uh, Kyle Walker-Peters actually he looked really really attacking in the match against Crystal Palace he spent actually a lot of time in the opponent's half as a wing back or right back, I think wing back that is what you want from him. Yep. As a, yep. So you know he he spent a lot of time up there, but that also meant that he's not defending a lot. So if we look at it inversely, Spurs on the left is uh, is Seohan Min. So he might have a field day here if uh, Kyle Walker Peters doesn't uh, temper his uh, attacking instincts on the on that right flank. Yeah, of, I agree. Uh, agree. That'd be an interesting um, one to watch. And then on Spurs' side, um, you know, the, the usual suspects are uh, Son, Harry Kane, and I've, I've put in Doherty as well, if he plays, because they actually had a Europa League match uh, last night. So I'm not sure if um, if uh, Mourinho would, would, you know, let Doherty play a, a third game in, in seven days. Might be asking he, Well, he's saying the, 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 what, the first 30 days are the worst ever. <laughs> yeah. He's saying, like, for any club, his club is the worst. Yeah, Mourinho is right. I mean, Spurs have got so many matches because of Europa commitments as well. And then later on, I think I think they play Carabao next week or something. There's another round of Carabao fixtures, exactly, that they would kick off next week. So That's crazy. I mean, it's crazy, it's crazy. But, you know, it's, it's good health, for fans right? of football. True, <laughs> yeah. true. But, hey, that's the other thing. I, I, I read something somewhere that the Premier League is not doing the same thing as the rest of Europe in terms of the substitutes, wasn't it? Yes, if uh, they're, they're, they're reverting back to three substitutes only. I think five was just a test during Project Restart. So, Yeah, five yeah. rather than... Uh, it was five now rather than re- three. Yeah. Now they're back to it, right? Back to three, correct. They, kept, they went back to three again. Good for... But, but also the number of substitutes was nine. Now it's going back to what it used to be. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I think yeah, that's back to back to back to what it was previously. Yeah. Whereas the rest of Europe are not doing that, I think. Mm, okay. Yeah. So okay. on that call or match prediction, we're just calling a a draw, one one Southampton with uh, Tottenham. Yeah. Well, 
with the recent Galactico coming, that might be the thing that could change that. Depending on his fitness, right? I don't. Yeah, I don't think he, he'll make it in time for this one. Um, but but you I, know the funny thing sure. is yeah. the funny thing is if he passes whatever everything confirmed. All he needs is five minutes, as he's shown before, though. <laughs> yes, he has proven. He right? just needs that. He just needs that. Um, yeah. Most recent memory of him scoring was in the Champions League final exactly. against, uh, <laughs> against exactly. Liverpool. So yeah. he came on as a substitute, right. scored a bicycle wonder goal of a, yeah, of a third goal. I think it was the third one. goal. Yeah. So, so that's, okay. yeah, that's Gareth Bill for us. Um, moving down the fixture list, we have Newcastle versus Brighton. Um, players to watch here Callum Wilson the new um, Newcastle striker that joined from Burnmouth um, a bit of a resurgence he had four shots over the weekend and three in a box and he scored and then Ryan Fraser as well his, uh, his former colleague at, Bright, uh, at Burnmouth so I think this look out for them I think it could be interesting telepathy kind of a uh, that could go on for, for these players yeah. and then uh, Jamal Lewis also a new signing for Newcastle from Norwich um, had three chances created the most uh, number of chances created for defenders on Brighton the players that caught our eye was uh, Leandro Trossard he scored for Brighton uh, he's also playing OOP so just like Wilfred Zaha he plays up top with uh, mm. the second striker and then the the uh, Brighton right back Lamptey he had a really really good game against uh, Chelsea with uh, two chances created there so look out for him um, if he can exploit the uh, the Newcastle uh, defence on, on, on their left and the uh, uh, late late sorry the recent mm. acquisition from Liverpool Adam Lalana, he's not going to play right he's, he's still out injured um, he was injured but I think he might actually make it back for in time for this one so not that bad of an injury for, for Lana. okay yeah so that'd be good uh, we're just gonna call it Brighton 2-1 here yeah yeah I could see that I mean Newcastle has a lot of injuries as well yeah and moving on to the big match of the weekend we have the Stamford Bridge clash Chelsea versus Liverpool mm. I think this is going to be a really good open game if both Teams are going to attack from the uh, from the outset. Um, you have a very very good quality of uh, players uh, on on show here, especially for Chelsea with the new signings. I think with Chelsea, no doubt the new signings are exciting. Uh, Timo Werner, Ziyech, uh, Kai Havertz, and Pulisic coming but back from is out, injury. Right? Ziyech is out. You're right. Um, it'll take time I think for them just to gel really if you mm. ask me um, chances will be there but if Liverpool's defenders have a off day then I think we definitely can see Chelsea among the goals it really um, depends as well right like so Ziyech uh, is out Chilwell is out mm. Pulisic is out uh, Timo Could, although Werner, he could he could make it back actually for this one yeah that, but it's kind of touch and go right so like yep. uh, Timo Werner he, he took a bad bum dead leg apparently so but mm. you don't know what happened there and then yeah he's, they've got quite a few as well but they've got a big squad so they can make up yep they can make up for that definitely and I think uh, knowing Frank Lampard you know this is his uh, first full season or the second full season so I think he'll want to mm. start start well um, I think if I recall last season they lost to was it to United 4-0 on the opening day of the season I think um, but then they bounced back really quickly after after or was it the other way around I can't remember <laughs> mm, yeah. it was a big I score I can't remember as well yeah 
But anyway, on Liverpool side, I think the usual suspects, uh, Mo Salah, Sadio Mane. TAA, Virgil So just have a yeah. field day, enjoy the match. Uh, might not be high scoring or might be high scoring. Uh, we'll see, we'll know. Depends, right? Like if, if Lampard wants to go all out or not. And you know, he did say... He he did say before this week that he wanted to make up make amends with Klopp, and then Klopp said something about the transfers, and then he just mm, yeah. he shot and lobbed one back. So it'll be interesting <laughs> yeah. to see what happens there. Yep, I think that 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 one was interesting one because you know when they played um, during Project Restart, I think Liverpool that was a high scoring game, wasn't it? Five yeah, it was three or something. Five five yeah. three or five four or something. Yeah, yeah, it's a good score. I mean, we'll, that was I'll the clincher, it. right? That was the clincher yep, for the that Premier was a clinching one. That's right. Um, I'll be happy. Um, so we're going to call it Liverpool 2 Chelsea 1 yeah possible yeah I, then... I just don't see Liverpool not scoring fingers crossed yeah I mean <laughs> you're right not, not seeing can't, I mean just based on game week 1 stats granted it was Leeds but they were taking 22 shots in that game so yeah you know, take half of that I think it, probably they'll hit the, hit the net uh, yeah and all time high confidence as well yeah that's right that's right and then the fixture list as well for both teams are quite encouraging after this match. Um, Liverpool has Arsenal next week and then they travel away to Aston Villa, Everton before hosting Sheffield United. Chelsea, on the other hand, after Liverpool, they, they go to West Bromwich and then followed by two home ties against Crystal Palace, Southampton before they visit Manchester United. Sim- uh, it seems like a better run. Mm. Better I run think the... Game. With with the fixtures, I think this season it's really about planning teams around fixtures. Is I think a lot of managers are looking into that um, because I think they're a little bit more gutsy or, or bold with their transfer moves as well. I think in the FPL Twitter community, there's a lot of uh, talk that you know players uh, managers are, are are willing to take hits um, even this early in the season, even considering playing their wild cards already. I'm like, wow. Okay. Uh, it's a bit but we'll early, get to that yeah. one later. Yeah, We'll get to that one with one of the questions from the uh, from the listeners, from the community. Next up, we have Leicester um, versus Burnley, who are playing their first match after they had a bye in the first round. Harvey Barnes caught our eye, so I think uh, if he continues to get into good positions and, and takes shots, he could find himself on the end of the score sheet. Uh, Jamie Vardy he scored two penalties granted not you know open play chances but Vardy's Vardy he'll get you get you goals and then on the uh, defensive side if uh, if Burnley doesn't show up with the attack I think uh, any Leicester defense that you have uh, James Justin given that we have him as well as the other new signing on, on the other side of the flank Castagne um as well as uh, Soyon Ku, I think they could all be good, uh, good, good picks for for Leicester assets. Yeah, Burnley still too early to call, but uh, the usual names: Pope, Nick Pope in goal, as well as uh, Chris Woods. Do you do you know an interesting stat about mm. Burnley? No, they have the longest running manager, Sean Dyche. Yep, seven years oh. at the club. Ah, wow. Okay, and guess who's the second longest running? Mm. Current managers, right? Yeah, yeah, of course. Oh, Klopp. Yeah, Klopp is just <laughs> under five years. Okay. And then it's Chris, yeah. Chris, uh, Chris Wilder, and then it's Pep Guardiola, and then it's Nuno. Wow, that Wolves. goes to yeah. that goes to show, right? You know the managerial uh, length. It's it's really around, not like the old days when you had 
Sir Alex Ferguson, Arsene well, Wenger. Yeah, yeah, those days. <laughs> even Bobby Robson was there for a long time, right? So yeah. it's very interesting. Yeah. Well, Sir Bobby Robson, I guess. Yeah. But yeah, it was a long, long time ago. But yeah, I was looking at it. Wow, Sean Dyche. <laughs> interesting. Moving on, we have uh, Aston Villa, the first match of the season, hosting Sheffield United. I really like what Villa has done in the off season. They actually just signed um, the goal pick, the goalkeeper from Arsenal, uh, Emi Martinez. So I think he will bring um, solidity in their in their defense. Hopefully, as well as they have a new signing called Matty Cash, who plays on the right back. Where did um, he come right from? Back. I can't remember the team. I think he came from Championship, if I'm not mistaken. I need to pull up the um, the charts. Give me one second. Um, there has been some positive uh, news about this player as well so mm. let me just do a yeah, quick look Matty Cash Matty Cash let me quickly look it up there as we well. go he is from Forest Nottingham Forest that's right he arrived on the back of 9 goals and 6 assists in the last 2 seasons so Definitely a very f- um, attacking kind of a right back. So could be interesting to see how he blends in with uh, with Aston Villa. Um, and then, of course, Jack Grealish, um, yep. you know, that talisman. So mm. I think he'll have a good season um, after what he did last season to, you know, basically single-handedly kind of save uh, well, he Villa did, from, right? from he, relegation. He saved them and and uh, he didn't leave as well, which which I hope he doesn't. Yeah, that's right. I think he just signed a new deal as well. To uh, he'll be with the club for five years. So I mean, that's uh, that is showing loyalty as well, which is okay. I might go, but I won't go for cheap if I sign for five years, right? Oh yeah, that's right. Lock in a bumper contract. Yeah, there. yeah, that helps. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, exciting to see how Villa plays this season. I think they have some value uh, players in their squad that should be on uh, managers. Uh, Minds, I think once their fixtures start to get better after game week five, I think from game week six onwards, once they start hosting Leeds, because after Sheffield United they have Fulham away, and then two difficult ties against Liverpool and Leicester. But after that, they have a good run of fixtures. Yeah. So definitely keep a keep a close watch on Villa. It's one of those I think for them is they want to just grab the points as early as possible. You're right. Before any not, slump and all that. Yeah, yeah, and not yeah, not be caught in that situation. Uh, of struggling for points and after all I think this is their second season back in the Premier League um, together with Sheffield United who are starting to show signs of second season syndrome they didn't have a good they didn't have a good project restart to finish off last season and they started off this season losing to Wolves uh, 2-0 at home so um, the defensive solidity doesn't seem to be there uh, it could be maybe Dean Henderson is no longer in goal so that might be a difference because the defence is still the same yep. and I think if, if any manager wants to pick assets from Sheffield it should be their defensive assets as well but you know they need to start yeah, to show some of the form that they had last year uh, John Lundstrom nobody has spoken about him in FPL Twitter since his uh Glory days of uh, last season, yeah. Um, but I will say I saw the highlights against uh, Wolves. He actually had a really good chance. He should have scored there. Uh, if he had scored, you know, I think a lot of managers would be talking very differently already. So, so long as he plays, and I think in a in an attacking uh, position, which he is, which he will, um, should keep a watch on him. But at five point five million, maybe a t- 
maybe a value pick that's all because Sheffield doesn't score a lot of goals yeah yeah, that's true but they're hard to so, play against so yep, yeah yep. so we're going to call a Villa 2-0 to open the season uh, in this one yeah uh, this is a toss up so let's yep. see and, and then, then to close off uh, game week two, we have Wolves versus Manchester City <laughs> for opening a season here. So this one's a good one because uh, I think currently, just based on the last two times the team have met, I think Wolves has had the upper hand. They actually have uh, grinded out wins against uh, Manchester City. So we could say Wolves are Manchester City's bogey team at the moment. Um, but you know what's... Uh I kind of think, yeah, City, yes. But they got hit by a couple of players getting coronavirus, isn't it? Correct, correct. So that could cause problems. And then as we know, Aguero is still out. But yep. uh, I think Mares, Laporte and someone else is out. Might not play. Yep, yeah, that's right. I think Mares only returned to training three days ago, but Laporte is definitely out. I think whenever Laporte is out... <laughs> yeah, you know what happens. You know, yeah. yeah, you know what happens. So I think it's not a foregone kind of a... Out, straightforward outcome because I think Wolves this season more than any other season I think they will be pushing hard for top 4 top 6 after missing out last year so this year they don't have any more Europa League distractions so they can fully concentrate on getting their best ever Premier League um, finish and uh, Jimenez has to be on everyone's radar um, yes. as well as uh, Saiz uh, their defender who opened the season really well really solid stats on opening day um, at Sheffield United so it's a lot to look up for for, for, for Wolves assets as well um, after Manchester City they have a really good run of fixtures West Ham Fulham Leeds Newcastle I I got to call it out on the, on the, on the, on the cast right now definitely look out for Wolves assets uh, yeah, from yeah. game 3 onwards good value definitely for, for the yeah. run of games and then Manchester City I think it's just the usual suspects you can't go far you can't go wrong rather with uh, KDB Sterling or you know Kuhn if he's fit Mares if he's, if he's you know back from uh, COVID um, uh, isolation three days training and then uh, Phil Foden could be a value pick here because uh, David Silva has a uh, is no longer the club so I think yeah. uh, Foden has been you know in the waiting in the wings but you know that's the other question I have about them as to the question mark is have they really filled up that gap with with him that that Silva left? Yeah, so I think Foden will be the one that they'll be looking to, um, and we'll see how he steps up because I think towards the end of last season, in fact last season alone, I think he started to play a lot more as well. I think Pep trusts Foden yep. um, to be able to fill Silva's uh, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah the question is, he can he? If he can't then then they're stuck right like they might be yeah. stuck early well but then i think he give, having watched the uh, the documentary as well the all or nothing i think he would be he already has someone in mind he being guardiola mm. but he's yeah. not pulling the trigger yet and when does the window close the transfer window closes on october the 5th so still plenty of time actually so he just one or two games he looks at and says okay we got to buy correct yeah that's right so we're just going to call it a revenge win for Manchester City this time around. 2-1 at Wolves. Yep, okay. So that's our Game Week uh, game week 2 preview. So let's quickly move over to captaincies and our transfer plans. Uh, so we ran a captain's poll on Twitter. 
no surprises here. Really should be an easy choice. We had Obama Yang listed. Yep. We had Bruno Amasio. We had Salah Amane. We had Richarlison or Dominic Calvert Lewin. Obama Yang out of the number of votes that we had, sixty percent. Uh, yeah, pick Obama Yang. So quite a quite by way margin, almost twice over Bruno Amasio. Yeah. On the transfer plan, we watched with. Uh, with a close eye on the prices move price movements this week and uh, Saliba we actually picked him um, as a as a potential defender playing defender from Arsenal but I think backfired there so had to ship him out fast because he was going to lose drop a drop in value and we found a cheap replacement with a Leeds United 4.0 million defender <laughs> uh, Pascal Stroop yeah. I think that's how you pronounce his name to keep some funds free just in case we decided to take a hit to bring in Martial for Ings. Don't know. But yeah, as it stands right now, um, we're lining up 3-4-3 with McCarthy in goal, Van Dyke, Doherty and Justin as our defenders. Mane, Salah, Aubameyang on the captaincy and Suchek in midfield. And then up front, we have Che Adams, Mitrovic and Danny Ings. Yeah, strong one again, you know. Very, very good strong. Even the vice captain is strong. Yeah. Um, I think it should be a good uh, game week unless there's some weird outcomes. Yep, that's right. I think the only iffy thing that, that we're heading into this week is really on the Southampton attack. Um, if they, again, don't show any form against uh, Tottenham, I think they'll be finding their way out. Uh, it's just a matter of whether do we want to take a hit um, in game week two um, so quickly to bring in Everton or even a Jimenez, um, because when we make any transfer, it's usually for the next few fixtures, not just for one yeah. game week only. But we'll see, there's still time. I just like that. Um, the deadlines now are brought forward by 30 minutes. It used to be 60, used to be an hour before the first match of the day, but now it's 90 minutes, so it forces managers to make up their minds quicker. <laughs> yeah, most definitely, most definitely. Yeah. I mean... That's uh, that's the way it is, right? Um, actually, on on questions, we we got some questions from the Twitter and FPL uh, only la SG Telegram community. Uh, yes. So I'll read the questions. You can probably look at answering it. Arel asked, uh, "Should I play my wildcard now or wait? Transfer window is open till fifth of October, which is basically up till game week four. Game week five resumes on the seventeenth of October due to the first international break. So." Wildcard or not? Yeah, yeah. So I think uh, unless your team is really you don't have confidence in your team, I think there should be no urgency to play the wildcard. Um, if you have picked your game week team with, with in mind to start wildcarding from two, then yes, you you should do that. But if not, then you should hold it because it's only one 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 round of matches, right? There's not a lot to to make a decision on that. And moreover, with the transfer window um, to close on. October the 5th which means um, there's still three more rounds of fixtures where new players could come into clubs and you want to be able to have time to kind of build your team value and this is one of the FP- FPL secrets actually and I'll, you know we can share it on the pod yeah. because we tried it out last year you play your wild card after game week 4 and you bring in the players where you think most managers will be jumping on I guarantee you you'll see some price increases in the in those players that you pick over that that window before the next uh, game week starts on the 17th October because managers will have time to to tinker with their with their squad and that's where a lot of uh, prices uh, price changes will happen yeah 
definitely. Okay, so that's a that's a good one, RL. Hope uh, you heed the advice. Um, next question is from Joshua. Which of the United assets is the better choice? Rashford, Bruno, or Greenwood? This is a tough one. Uh, <laughs> tough one and maybe. Salah, stick or twist for the next two game weeks? Yeah. So I think it's easy to answer the United uh, question because, you know, out of the three, I think Bruno will be heavily uh, popular pick for sure because he's on penalties and United uh, con- uh uh, had were awarded 15 penalties last season I think a uh, team high and you know Bruno scored 8 goals last season and 8 assists so he has definitely the uh, potential for explosive returns Rashford interestingly this time round he's been reclassified as a midfielder yeah um, I know but we know that. that he plays out you know he plays out on the wing now but still equally dangerous he could have explosive returns but Maybe not consistent is my is my guess. Bruno will probably be the more consistent pick, get you, you know, a goal or assist every other game week. While while Rashford may may blank, but then get you a thirteen points in the following week kind of thing. So it's a tough one. Greenwood is a, is the more interesting one. I think he probably wouldn't start for game week two after the um, international uh, uh, fiasco um, together with uh, Phil Foden in Iceland, mm. um, but. As a value pick, yes, at seven point five million, then he is an he he could be an option if uh, if funds are uh, issue for you. On Salah, sticking or twisting, I think uh, if you have him now, there is no reason you should be twisting to transfer him out because who would you go for? I mean, you could go for yes, a premium midfield. Uh, you could go for anyone basically, but. Are you uh, are you thinking that that player that you bring in will outscore Salah? Uh, Highly unlikely. Coming yeah. coming off a hat trick, exactly. uh, in form, nine shots, eight in the box, twenty one touches in the box. Team playing yeah. well. Team playing well. It kind of yeah makes me shiver a little uh, if you don't have him and you, when he starts you know starts taking shots and and getting getting good chances. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Uh, let's hope that answers that, Joshua. Um, next question is from FP Scuttlebutt. Man City assets worth considering for game week two and onwards. KDB, Sterling, Mares, Foden. I guess Mares yeah. is a no on that one, but uh, anyway, then who, in your opinion, is a worthy shout? More into building a squad for the long haul. Yeah, so I think when it comes to building your squad with Manchester City players for the long haul, I think KDB definitely will be the number one pick for any manager because he yeah. has proven that he will, you know, he will deliver, he will get you the assist, and he will score the goals as well. And he's the leader of the team as well. City are such a different team when they don't have uh, when KDB is not playing, and when he's on form, you know, he is irresistible. The best player in the Premier League. I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll have to say that, right? Um, and outside of KDB, you have a good choice of um, you could go with premium again with sterling but that would really suck up you know a lot of funds or you could pair kdb up with uh with phil foden i think i'm expecting a lot from him this this year and again i think um have to watch how city opens the season because you want to see how this city team comes out this year um, you know, after 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 losing to Liverpool last season, you know they didn't do well. You know, I think they were what twenty points, twenty points off Liverpool. Yeah, so really what off. what Pep has said to the team in off season, you know, come out strong, get the points on the board, get good results, and build the momentum from there. I think it's probably what 
he would be telling the boys. So, yeah, I, I would say KDB definitely to be considered for game week two. Um, but then also take a look at their fixtures as well. Although you can say that Manchester City or assets are fixture proof. <laughs> um, they have after Wolves, they have Leicester, Leeds, Arsenal, and West Ham. So pretty good run, you know, not not fantastic because the the uh, Leicester and Arsenal fixtures are at the Etihad. So you know, when when City are on form, they can beat any team in the league with uh, with a great score as well. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Oh, I I didn't realize this. I mean, as we were talking, I just saw this popped up on my alerts. Bale arrived in London with his teammate. It was a forty million deal with uh, Bale coming on loan and including uh, Sergio Reguilon. Mm, or how yeah. Reguilon? Yeah, the left back. I think he will play. But yeah. I think it's they need they need a stronger left back for sure because Ben Davis is definitely not 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 cut out and then Jan Vertonghen already has yeah. uh, you know left the club so they are short on cover on the on the left so at least now I think Mourinho you can see what he's doing his his he he is it's it feels like he is uh, building up building up from the back now because um he's got two right right back covers you got Doherty and now with Aurier and then now you know on the left he has uh, Ben Davis and uh, this new signing Sergio yeah and then Liverpool is unveiled Alcantara already oh excellent that's great yep. news great news to go into the uh, the game week yep. all the photos out uh, he's got number 6 <laughs> oh, is, is, isn't that uh, number 6 I thought, I thought that's Hendo no 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 it's not Hendo uh, number 6 was what's his name uh, back in the day Jan Anarisa right Number six, was it Risa? Six or three? Yeah, I think six, you're right. Something like that, right? Yeah, yeah. Oh, Hendo is 14, I think. Yeah, yeah, he's 14, it's not six. Okay. It wasn't yeah. a single digit. Uh, Let me see, I do a quick search. Liverpool, number six players. Uh, They should have a list there, right? So, okay, number six. Oh, he took Lovren's number. <laughs> Lejan Lovren, yes. Yeah, Lovren, <laughs> uh, Hutchison, Aurelio. Uh, yeah, there you go, John Anarisa and then uh, Luis Alberto, and oh my mm. god, you remember this guy, Marcus Babel? <laughs> oh my god, yeah, Babel. Oh my <laughs> gosh. Anyway, so that's cool for for Liverpool. A uh, good, good, good one there. Um, all right, I'm, this should be very interesting if he plays this weekend as well. I think, the, uh, yeah, if they've signed him and if they've registered him in time, I think he sh- hopefully can maybe do a substitute appearance. Yeah, you never know. You never know. Uh, well, on that note, I think, and on that bombshell, I would say <laughs> that, you know. <laughs> good uh, news. Yeah. And good news bombshell as well, I guess. Um, where do people find us? Yes. Uh, people can find us on Spotify, the FPL Goldfellas podcast, on Apple and Google Podcasts as well, SoundCloud. And we try to record every Monday and Friday covering the game week preview, reviews, and the latest happenings in football and FPL. If you're up for some ch- fun and challenge, join our FPL league. We have refreshed the code. It's FQCXV0. Or follow us on Twitter at GoFPL. FPL Go Fellas and don't forget to leave us a comment or question on the show good luck and have a great game week too yeah right. thank you for listening and we'll catch you soon goodbye see you man bye